together. Our call to worship comes from the prophet Zechariah. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Amen. So if we're able, please stand and we'll sing together. Praise is rising. is rising, eyes are turning to you, we turn to you, hope is stirring, hearts are yearning for you, we long for you. find strength to face the day, and in your presence all our fears are washed away, washed away, Hosanna, Hosanna, you are the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises, Hosanna. Welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Hear the sound of hearts returning to you. We turn to you. In your kingdom, broken lives are made. All things new. When you see you, we find strength to face the day. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away, washed away. Hosanna, Hosanna, you are the God who saves us. We welcome you all our praises. Hosanna, Hosanna. Come have your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Hosanna, you are the God who saves us. Worthy of all our praises, Hosanna, Hosanna, come have your way among us, we welcome you here, Lord Jesus.
be seated, friends? Let us pray. Father God, we join our voices with the voices of all those around the world and indeed in the heavenly realms singing your praises today. We worship you because you are worthy of all of our praise. There is no God like you. You are the great God. You are the creator God. You are the sustainer God. You are the redeemer God. No one has done what you have done. And we come willingly and gladly to worship. We come to lay our lives before you because you deserve all of that. In the presence of such greatness and purity and holiness, we become only too well aware of our own shortcomings. But rather than try and hide uh, these things from your gaze, we'll just openly and freely confess that we have said things, done things, thought things, which have brought no honour to your name. And if these things were to be known, they would bring great shame to us. We are truly sorry, Lord. Please receive us again, forgive us, pick us up and set us on our way with you once again. We ask all of this. In the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Amen. That's pretty good, I think, in about seven or eight minutes. Excellent. Uh, One mistake only in that uh, rendition, right towards the end. It wasn't two women. It was three women that went to look in the tomb. Uh, And on YouTube, they actually acknowledge that in the notes below the the presentation. Uh, Clearly somebody had contacted them just to let them know. Uh, So there we are. That puts uh, our reading into context. Let's have the reading now. Today's reading is from Mark 11, 1 to 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it, and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. 
He looked around everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Thank you. So we'll join our voices with the crowds and sing Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. If you're able, please stand. So we bring our prayers of intercession to God. Let us pray. We come to bring the needs of the world to you, to bring the needs of our community, our church, and ourselves. And once again, we're thankful for this opportunity, because if we did not have this, we would be overwhelmed with the immensity of all that we face in the world. We continue to pray for all the people that live in Ukraine, for Ukrainians everywhere, because many of them now are not in their own country. They have fled. They've moved across the border into safer countries. 
They've had to leave because of war, because of the violence of men. Father God, we pray for these folk. Many are on the move still. Uh, it, it is not settled. It is not safe in that country. And our hearts go out to all those that have had to leave homes and for families that have been split and broken because women and children have had to flee and men have had to stay to defend their nation. And we're astonished at the way in which the armed forces of Ukraine and indeed all the men that were asked to stay have stepped up to the plate and they've they have done remarkable things. No one expected this to happen. They were supposed to just roll over and die or give up. And they have demonstrated a high degree of courage and resilience and a desire to stand up to oppression. Pray for all those families that are separated. We pray that it won't be too long before this whole wretched situation is resolved satisfactorily, that the territorial integrity of Ukraine is restored, accepted, and honored. We pray that all of us that are standing watching will be moved to act. We pray particularly for the leaders of Western Europe, America, particularly NATO countries. Pray, Father, that we will be able to assist in the ways that the leadership of Ukraine are asking for. We know that it risks accelerating the conflict. We know that it risks the possibility of spreading the conflict. So we pray for wisdom on the part of those leaders as they continue to assess what is going on and what might best be done to help the Ukrainians push the Russians back. God help us, all of us, as we watch and pray. Thank you for those families and peoples everywhere that have taken in refugees. Thank you for those in this country that are wanting to do that. We pray that the bureaucracy would be smoothed over and that visas would be issued quickly, that there will be a system that is effective that it will put the needs of refugees at the heart of all that needs to happen. Thank you for those who are trying to make it work. Support them and encourage them, we pray. We think about our own town. We think about all those who uh, engage with education in Milton Keynes. We pray for teachers, administrators, 
students and pupils across the piece. It's exam season imminently. Uh, it is a dim memory for me, Lord, and for that I am truly grateful. But for those of our young friends who are facing these next few weeks and months, maybe some with trepidation, we pray that you will help them to be calm. We pray that you will help them to recall all that they have learnt. We pray that they will use this time wisely, that they will indeed uh, revise and remember. We thank you for the dedication of teachers of every age range up and down this city, right across this city. We thank you for the work they put in. Much of it is unseen and unknown. We pray that they might be honoured for all that they do. Pray for head teachers who carry such a burden of responsibility these days. We think about all those schools that have been hit by COVID, staffing issues, students missing for various parts of courses, lots of work to do to make sure that everybody is caught up and there is a level playing field. We honour and respect our teachers, our educators, uh, wherever they are to be found. We pray that students and pupils will have a right sense of perspective about what is happening and what they're doing right now. Whilst it is important, should they fail, or should they perceive themselves to have failed, please deliver them from believing, Lord, that is, it is the end of all things. It is not. It is a bump in the road. There will be other opportunities and other pathways to tread that will take them where they would like to go or where they need to go. Draw near to those folk and help them, we pray. We give you thanks, Father, that Anne Bottomley's visa has been granted. And we pray for safe journeys for her as she comes across from India, uh, coming to stay with her friends. And maybe we might see her in this place. That would be good indeed. Thank you for the Wednesday walkers. We pray you bless them as they meet and walk and talk. It's always good, Father, to just enjoy that fresh air and sunshine or rain. <laughs> the company is what makes it for us. It's really good to do it. We love it. We thank you for those that organize it and for the many different walks, the ways that it has expanded over recent weeks and months. Pray for our deacons, new diaconate meeting for the first time tomorrow evening. May that be a, a fruitful meeting. May uh, we concentrate well. May we speak freely and may we listen carefully to one another, we pray. Help us as we try to set uh, a direction for the future. We 
recognize, Lord, that though we might be leaders in the church, we are just first among equals. And it will be as we submit what we can see to the wider church membership that we'll be able to see the course more clearly. But we pray that you'll give us a clarity of thought as we meet tomorrow. And again, as we think about our town, as we think about Milton Keynes, we pray for all those who suffer domestic violence. We pray for MK Act, trying to help those who are in difficulty. We pray for the women and men who are fearful in their own homes, for the children who are frightened and worried. We pray, Lord Jesus, that your peace will come to every home and that your rich blessing will be found in every place. God help us as we seek to play our part in making our town, our country, our homes a safe and welcoming place. We ask it all in the glorious name of Jesus who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We shall sing together once again. And the song is, You Are the King of Glory. If you're able, please stand. Son of David, 
Hosanna to the King of Kings. Glory in the highest heaven, for Jesus the Messiah reigns. Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna to the King of Kings. Glory in the highest heaven, for Jesus the Messiah reigns. Amen. Do you sit down? So we know from what we saw earlier that this is uh, the opening of Act 3 of Mark's Gospel, the triumphal entry. Uh, Three things to say about this. The first is about the cult. The second is about the crowd. And the third is about the Christ. So the cult... No one has ridden this animal. Uh, That could mean all sorts of things, couldn't it? It could mean uh, it's an unbroken animal. So, you know, Jesus actually sitting on it and it not trying to throw him off, uh, as would happen with any other person. Well, maybe that's uh, just showing his mastery over nature and the created order again, you know, in the same way. As when he stood up in the boat, when the storm was raging, and he said to the wind and the waves, you be still, you be silent. And everything just, who is this? Who is this? Perhaps there's something of that going on. Um, Or maybe it's just to do with the purity of the animal, unused, never been used for anything. Uh, And so, you know, Jesus is the first to actually get on board and use this animal. And it's not a war horse. That's very important, very significant, isn't it? From Zechariah 9, 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So he's enacting that prophecy uh, concerning his kingship. It's very hard, actually, to to try and get your head around what's going on here in some respects. I suppose for for me, it would be, and and if, if you like cars, substitute car, but for me, it would be like buying a brand new motorcycle, which nobody has ever ridden and it's mine and I am the only one who is going to ride it and then somebody says actually Kevin we need your brand new motorbike for someone else to ride just once before you do is that all right oh that would be really hard for me I mean, if you're a big car nut, maybe that would be the same for you if you had a brand new, very swish car. And somebody said, before you take it away, we just need it for somebody else. And you don't know who that somebody else is. You've never met them. What are you doing with my car? Oh, well, the Lord has need of it. Well, that's all right then. I suspect it was a bit like that for the person who owned this animal. But it's a pure 
unused, unbroken, wonderful creature. And it signals that Jesus is coming in peace. He's not coming uh, to bring bloodshed or violence. His kingdom, as we were hearing earlier, uh, is going to be of a very different order. So that's the cult. We've got the crowd. They're excited. They're hugely excited. And they make a royal road uh, for Jesus. They're tearing palm branches off the trees uh, and putting them on the roadway. They're laying their cloaks on the animal for Jesus to sit on. Some of them are laying their cloaks on the road. And they're shouting. They're shouting, Hosanna. Hosanna is a word which means save uh, and that is what they are hoping for. Uh, and the, the Messiah, the messianic figure in Old Testament understanding, was going to be a deliverer, was going to be the one who brought back that golden age of David, King David and Solomon. Uh, he was going to usher in that sort of reign and rule once again where the people were sovereign they were a sovereign nation they were not overrun by an invader they were not ruled by foreigners they were going to have their own government they would have their own king they would have their own administration it would all be as it should be this is what they were expecting when they were shouting save Save, save us from this, save us from what we have now, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed, blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. There is significant expectation around Jesus as he enters Jerusalem, the royal city. I wonder what it was like to be in that crowd. I wonder what it was like to look at him and to be a part of that excitement. I mean, you, I guess all of you have been part of a crowd at some point uh, and you'll know how infectious uh, the mood of the crowd can be. And I've, you know, I've been in big crowds of worshippers. I've been in big crowds at sports events, even small crowds actually at sports events, uh, <clears throat> when the right people start to make noises, can suddenly uh, light up, can't they? I've been in cricket matches where not much has been happening, and then somebody, you know, somebody does something on the field, and we all jump a great catch or a, a, a great strike of the ball or football matches where you know a, a, an amazing goal is scored and suddenly everybody's on their feet. Rugby matches where you know the pack pushes over for a, an unexpected try. Suddenly everybody, everybody lights up. You've all been part of something like that, I guess, at some point. This had an added frisson because this is Jesus this is King Jesus coming on a donkey coming peacefully 
on the colt of a donkey. Jesus, the Christ, is remarkably passive in this telling of the event. You have to go uh, to the other Gospels to hear about Jesus speaking. You have to go to other Gospels for him to be challenged by the teachers uh, and leaders uh, and you know, for them to say to him, tell your disciples to stop saying this. And Jesus responding, well, if I were to do that, even the stones would shout out. In Mark's gospel, Jesus is remarkably passive. He is silent, apart from that initial instruction to his disciples to go and find the colt. He doesn't say another word. And he's remarkably vulnerable, I think. In the midst of this adoring crowd, in the midst of this crowd of huge expectation, he sits quietly in the centre. And I wonder, is there a foreshadowing of Good Friday in this account of Palm Sunday? where once again Jesus will be at the centre of a very excited crowd. And there will be few words, indeed there will be none for the crowd. And on Good Friday, of course, he will be hugely vulnerable and very, very passive. So what does this say to us? What does this say to to us as disciples and followers of this Jesus in the early 21st century? Maybe, and this is hard for me to say because I'm a preacher, maybe it's not always about saying things. Gosh, that's hard for me to say. Maybe it is about presence in good times and in bad times. The fact that we are present. Jesus sits at the centre of all of this activity. He is present. He is incarnate, clearly Uh, in the space but he doesn't say anything in good times in bad times maybe that's the very least that is expected of us not always to know the answers not always to know what to say but to be the presence of Christ in the midst of whatever is going on. It's one of the things that I learnt very powerfully, both as minister of a local church and as a chaplain in the army. I had a dear friend in a previous church, a couple, 
they were very active in the church. He had been church secretary. She was hugely uh, hospitable. You, they, they took in people and put them up for weeks at a time sometimes. You would always be fed. Uh, you would always be watered if you went to visit them. Uh, she was vivacious, bright, beautiful. Uh, and she contracted an illness. And sadly, uh, despite lots and lots uh, of medical attention, it became clear that she was not going to be cured. She committed suicide. And I had a phone call saying, can you come? So I went. And I sat with Bill in his lounge. We sat probably for 45 minutes to an hour. People were coming and going. I said, not a word. Bill said, not a word. We just sat together and I prayed silently to God just to love him, support him, hold him. There were one or two folk back and forth. Can we get this? Can we do this? Would you like? No. I had a letter later from one of them saying thank you for all that you did for Bill on that occasion. I did nothing apart from be present with him in his difficulty and his need. What can one say? There is nothing. Nothing that will bring help. Nothing that will bring comfort. Nothing. So perhaps, sometimes, all we are called to do is to be. To be the presence of Jesus in the midst of whatever circumstance may be happening. And I saw it again when I was a chaplain in the army. In good times and in bad times. The fact that the chaplain was present meant a great deal. What benefit did I bring militarily? None whatsoever. None at all. But I was welcomed whenever I turned up because they recognised there was something beneficial about me being there. And commanders recognised that as well. Not just me, but every chaplain. So perhaps the one thing that we need to learn from Mark's account is the importance of being present with people. Being the incarnate Jesus 
in the place, in the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Being, just being there is enough. I think that, that may come as a surprise to one or two of you, and it should probably come as a great relief to many, because I'm not expecting you to say anything. I'm not expecting you to explain why you're there and what you're doing. Just be there in the name of Jesus. At some point, you will be asked, why are you here? Why are you doing this? And then, then you will offer. But only when you are asked. We should always be ready to give a reason uh, for why we believe. We're encouraged to do that in the scriptures. And that is the point of everything that we do. So that we can lead people into this saving relationship with Christ. But we don't have to rush to words. We can just be present. Be patient and pray. And God will open up an opportunity for you to say, this is why I'm here. Because I love Jesus. Because I know he loves you. And he wants you. And like our man was saying earlier, only you can make that decision. Are you going to follow or aren't you? That would be entirely in your hands. Let's pray. We thank you for your word once again, Lord, and for all that it teaches us. And our big takeaway today is probably that we should just be present. And then, after a while, maybe we'll speak. But the first thing just be, just be there. Show us in these coming days if there is a place where you want us to just be present and help us to follow where you lead. Draw near to us and bless us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing song, well, hymn, uh, is uh, very well known to those of us that have been around the church for a little while uh, and much loved by such people. Uh, ride on, ride on in majesty. If you're able, please stand as we sing together. Ride on in majesty, in lowly pomp, ride on to die. For Christ thy triumphs now begin, for captive death and conquer sin. Ride on, ride on in majesty, hark all the 
tribes, Hosanna, Christ, the humble beast, pursues his road with palms and scattered garments strode. Ride on, ride on in majesty, thy last and fiercest strife is nigh. The Father on his sapphire throne expects his own anointed Son. Right on, right on in majesty, in lowly pomp, right on to die. How thy meek head to mortal pain, then take, O God, my power and reign. Now may the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.